Hi, everyone. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another week of Romance and Color. Yes, welcome to Romance and Color, your place for real inclusive love. We hope you had a, an amazing uh, week last week. Um, mm-hmm. I cannot believe this year is almost, we're creeping to the end of the year. We'll, we'll be at November next week. I know. Isn't it wild? Oh, wait. Wow, the weather is changing. It's getting nice and cold. Mm-hmm. And so um, I hope you all mm-hmm. are taking preventative measures. Get these yes. shots, get these vaccines, flu shots, everything. Yeah. So you all can stay healthy and stuff. But Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, how was your weekend? Um, It was pretty good. You know, the kids are excited about Halloween, you know, which mm, is yes. this weekend. And they both have these cool anime characters because they're into that that they're excited mm-hmm. about dressing up as so i hope the weather mm-hmm. holds up because you know we may do some outdoor stuff last year there was absolutely no kind of trick-or-treating so we yeah. just did an indoor thing but they're looking forward to being able to do a little bit of door-to-door stuff what about mm-hmm. you guys what are you um, yeah, yeah we're doing like a trunk or treat hopefully the weather h- holds up um we're doing a trunk or treat um tegan what explain a minute now explain trunk or treat because i've never heard of that so okay so instead of like kids going around from door to door people open the trunks of their cars or their trucks and they decorate those wonderful and then kids walk around and get candy from the little trunk the trunk very nice or the or the the back of the truck so um yeah we're gonna decorate ours and and put candy and stuff in there and Tegan is going to um well I'm not even gonna say what she's gonna dress up as because you know we do fam- <laughs> we do family Halloween pictures. Yes, so y'all see no, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Y'all will see those. So it, it's so fun and, and she really enjoyed her costume. So she's gonna be dressing up as as oh, that. Um, hands Halloween. Out her costume and stuff. Sorta kinda. I'll just put it to you that way. Sorta kinda. Uh, last year was all her. Last year she wanted to be Little Mermaid. Yeah. So we, so she was like, I want to be a Little Mermaid. So we all, you know, Very Ursula nice. and and everything. <laughs> so then she was the Little Mermaid. So, um, yeah, this year, um, it was kind of mommy, uh, driven, but she was like True. very into it too. So it's cool. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so last week, uh, we had an interview with Suleika Snyder. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. Um, it was awesome. She talked about her paranormal romance that just came out yesterday called Pretty Little Lion. And she talked about uh, Daisy Indian representation um, and stuff. Um, in Hot Topics, we talked about uh, Eve's pregnancy. Uh, Tori Hart. Um, keeping her last name, keeping baby. Keeping her last name, yes. And Monietta Shaw uh, getting married again. Um, in listening romance, I shouted out another podcast, the Shelf Love Podcast with Andrea Martucci. Um, I love Andrea, who also I hope you all checked out her podcast. She brings a lot of awesome guests on and stuff, and does a lot of representation and diversity on her podcast. And in watching romance, uh, we talked about the premiere of Insecure, which we'll get to. Uh-huh. There's a lot of controversy going on. <laughs> the controversy has overshadowed the daggone premiere. I barely remember what it was about. But go ahead. I, I ain't gonna lie, the premiere was dry. But but we'll it was it was super dry. It was, it was it dry. Was but um, anyway, uh, and we also Christmas in there were several several movies that came out. Um, Christmas in my heart, um, which was on uh Hallmark movies and mysteries, which is okay. a lovely movie uh, with a lot of. Representation has to Shirley Ralph in it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Santa Stakeout with Tamara Maori. That was cute. That was funny. That was really cute. I enjoyed that. Was that. Really funny. And it was then, a little different too, the way they it didn't was have different. It. Yeah. It, was different. it wasn't like either of them did anything. You know, it was more mm-hmm. like the big fallout was their kind of betrayal of of the sweet man. But oh that was yeah, so cute. Yeah, I that was that. really cute. It was really cute. Mm-hmm. A nice little cozy. I like how it ended too. That was very yeah, satisfying yeah. for me. Yeah, it was a nice little cozy Christmas mystery. Mm-hmm. And then there was Boyfriends of Christmas Past, which was so good. I a, missed that. I gotta. I gotta oh get that girl, one. Please. Watch How the heck did I miss that? With Catherine. What, I think what, her name is Catherine was Kim. That was a Hallmark, regular Hallmark. Um, okay. that came on. I think the Friday night, but it had um a lot of Asian representation, South Asian representation, and Southeast Asian representation. Okay. Um, the guy in it is so fine. Jesus Christ! <laughs> when I tell you that man was so fine. Woof, God! Like he was, <laughs> he was. He out. apparently he used to play on Degrassi. You know, we aged out of Degrassi. You know, when Drake was on there, we was grown. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. we weren't really into Degrassi like that. But apparently, this guy's on Degrassi. He also okay. plays on another, another show on Netflix. But mm-hmm. he is. Ooh, God! He was fine. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even put it to words. That's probably the finest man I ever seen <laughs> on Hallmark, and I'm I'm dead serious. <laughs> Wow, okay, I will definitely so he, check that little, out. He, like, he's a little too fine for Hallmark, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like Hallmark has these like wholesome looking dudes, yes. and this man was like sexy. more like boy like, next door, mm-hmm. yeah. And this man was sexy, like sexy, but it oh, was, <laughs> you know, I, but anyway, I know Salika Snyder probably was really enjoying that one because he was a lot of he was an Indian guy, he was so mm-hmm. he was a lot of um Daisy representation there. Very nice, we need more yeah. of that. We definitely mm-hmm. do. And so you watch games people play. Too. Yeah, so that that came back for its second season. It's been a long time coming. I mm-hmm. think maybe due to the pandemic, of course. Yeah. And then Lauren London had gone through the death of her husband or partner. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so this is really kind of her second or third role since since Nipsey passed away. So it's mm-hmm. really good to see her again. And you sure. know, if you watched it last season, it comes on BT. It really ended just in a really exciting cliffhanger way. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's back. As you guys know, it's kind of followed following the life of three women, Lauren London, she's like a desperate housewife. Then it's her best friend. Mm-hmm. She's like mm-hmm. an up and coming journalist, always kind of chasing the next story. And then there's kind of like this traditional, typical Instagram kind of influencer girl. So it kind of follows their love lives. And there's like a lot of drama and there's murder and stuff. So it's exciting. You know, her husband's mm-hmm. a professional basketball player mm-hmm. and Karuchi Tran is in it this season. So it's okay. going to be really good. Mm-hmm. So it's a I Cast, beautiful people, mm. cute mm. plot. I'm I'm enjoying it. So you yeah, know what? That, B- that is BET is get kind of giving us what we need, especially BET Plus. They're doing some good mm. stuff. Yeah, and the movies are good too. Yeah, like, I'm very I mean, happy with that. They are very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the BET movies are good. Yeah, like I can't even I can't even complain. I'm glad I spent that little extra what nine ninety nine a month or whatever it is. <laughs> Boy, I I'm not even mad at spending that kind of money because. Mm-hmm. Cause I surely enjoyed the one with the girl and um, what was I talking about? The um, the sexy scenes I was talking about last. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was on BET. That was on yeah, BET that's BET Plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and bigger and First Wives Club and some yeah, other things that are on there. They have some good stuff on there. Good stuff. And then I'm gonna talk about Twenties because that is my show, y'all. Woo, yeah, I want to hear a little show. bit about. I would like to hear your review of that. Yeah, but but we'll talk about Twenties a little bit later. So, Yakimi, what's going on in the hot topics in romance this week? What's 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 the path 
<laughs> yeah, so hot topics and romance. Here's some things going on. So as you guys probably know by now, of course, Cynthia Bailey, along with Portia Williams, they both um, have announced that they are not returning to Real Housewives of Atlanta. So a if you're shocker, a big Portia girl. Fan, yeah, it was. It was. But I think a lot of people predicted that Portia might not return for a couple of reasons. As you guys know, and we talked about on the podcast, you know, she is engaged to Simon um Guabadia I don't remember know how to say his name but you know Uh that's the former fiance former husband of her former castmate Fallon so there was a lot of controversy surrounding that you know people were kind of like what she was her friend on the show and then she was kind of like we really weren't friends you guys story. so now she's going to get a chance to tell her story so again Mm. if you are disappointed that she won't be returning to Real Housewives of Atlanta no worries. She has her own spinoff show. So if you kind of think of Mimi's spinoff show, her spinoff wedding, at one time, Portia had a little spinoff show with the baby. And mm-hmm. so she's getting her own spinoff show. Kim mm-hmm. Zolziak's had hers. Andy Cohen tends to give the spinoff shows to the housewives that he likes. And it also keeps that door open to return. Yeah. So I think yeah. she's understanding that her castmates as a whole really aren't supportive of this engagement with to Simon you know a couple of them of course her girlfriend who's really more of a a friend to the show Shamia she's Mm -hmm. been supportive but I really don't think too many of the other ones are so she's kind of take a step back So she's taking a little step back, probably to protect her marriage, because as we know, reality show relationships, unless they already were strong relationships to begin with, they usually don't do well under the microscope of reality TV. So she'll be having her own show. It's called Family Matters. Not to be confused with Family Matters of the 90s with Urkel and them, but Portia's Family Matters is going (laughs) to premiere. It's going to premiere on November 28th. And basically, you know, it's kind of given us what we want to see. You know, obviously her quick engagement to Simon, it caused a lot of drama among her friends and her family. So the premise Mm -hmm. of the show is basically she's bringing Simon and her entire family, and I believe Dennis as well, and some friends, you know, Shamia and stuff, her sister, everybody's going down to Mexico. It's supposed to be like a relaxing retreat because everything got really stressful and and chaotic when she announced, you know, that she was engaged. So she was like, let me take everybody out down here. Let's relax and unwind. So, you know, we're going to see her outspoken aunties and sisters and cousins and grandmothers and friends and just kind of voicing their concerns over her new romance. So they did recently drop a trailer this week for Portia's Family Matters. And in the trailer, Mm. you can hear one aunt saying, well, I want to know why Simon's three previous marriages didn't work. And then another family friend, you can hear her saying in the trailer, or how you engage to a married man. So, you know, they're not necessarily <laughs> messing with the you know what I mean? Yeah, so I think yeah, we're going to yeah. get a lot of questions answered. She'll have a chance to tell her little side of the story. And, of course, there's some little drama and stuff. So, you know, that that should be interesting. That'll, that'll we'll maybe get some things cleared up. So, you know, you won't miss her too much, even though we won't see her when The Housewives premieres. So that is Portia. Um, so we did talk... Um, I don't think it was last episode, but two episodes ago, of course, we did talk about Dave Chappelle and Netflix and, you Mm -hmm. know, how Netflix has really stood very strongly behind him and his decision to include, you know, what some people have perceived as transphobic comedy in his his latest special. Um, And they did refuse to pull it in spite of several of their LGBTQIA plus staff walking out and protesting. Um, And of course, you know, Dave Chappelle has continued to double and triple down, you know, on 
his special and kind of not express any, you know, remorse or any regrets about the fact that, you know, whether or not he intended it, it was hurtful to the community. And they've expressed that to him. But, you know, in an interesting turn of events, he has finally agreed to sit down um, with the LGBTQIA plus staff. Um, of Netflix to just kind of have a discussion, kind of have some, do some reflecting. But, you know, in his typical Dave Chappelle way, he has mm-hmm. decided, he has done it with stipulations. Of course. Have you heard of, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. he basically is talking about, and it's kind of like he said these things in a very tongue-in-cheek kind of way, but he was kind of like, you know, before we sit down, you know, we have to agree to, you know, meet where I want us to meet. And he said, you know, before we sit down, you guys have to watch the the special in full. I think that that's fair. I think that's a fair request. Um, you know, because one of his complaints is that, you know, people are saying they didn't like the special, but they really didn't see it. So, I mean, I don't know if that's, if that's really accurate or not. So he's like, I, mm-hmm. you guys have to watch it in full. And then finally, I believe his last stipulation, there's a comedian named Hannah Gadsby. She was very critical yeah. of him when the whole thing happened. Yeah. So he's kind of like, you have to say she's not funny and you have to proclaim that she isn't funny. She's not, you know, a good comedian. So that was kind of his oh, thing. Lord. A little bit silly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he, mm. he has said that he's open to sitting down for a discussion. I think that will be a very healthy discussion. I'm really happy that he's agreed to that. I hope he goes yeah. in with an open mind and an open heart. And I hopefully do they do the same. Um, You know, because he has decided to, you know, kind of take his little tour and his show independently on the road because even though Netflix is standing strongly behind him he's lost a lot of other endorsements and deals so people are pulling out they're they're he's losing some of his support some of his backing there were some festivals festivals that were going to show his the closer I think it's called show his video yeah they've dropped that so it's kind of like you know Dave likes to brag about he doesn't care about cancel culture go ahead and cancel me you know this is the man who walked away from that huge contract you know the Chappelle show and moved to wherever mm-hmm. he moves I don't, where did he move? Singapore, like Ohio, Asia. Yeah, he moved yeah, far Asia. away. And it, yeah. yeah, he walked away from the money. So we know that he isn't driven by material things and by money. But I think at the same mm-hmm. time, you know, he's a creative, he's an artist, and he does want his voice and his his piece to be heard. So he's going to take it on the road independently, you know, because people are dropping him. But I appreciate that maybe he's trying to kind of not make good, but just kind of get a little bit more insight. It's not quite like an apology tour when Nick Cannon yeah. said what he said and people perceived it as anti-Semitic and he kind of really went on a, a very robust um, apology tour and ended up getting uh-huh. back wilding out and all that. I don't uh-huh. think that Dave Chappelle would do it that way because I think he wouldn't, he would feel like he's selling out to himself. Yeah, but I he guess has too much pride way, for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He has too much pride to do anything Too much like pride that. and too much ego. He's not humble in, in a way that Nick Cannon didn't mind humbling himself and stuff. Nick Cannon uh-huh. has too many kids to not be humbling himself and getting that point back. So he did what he needed to do. But, you know, right. Dave is different. But, you know, I, I appreciate that he he's going to sit down and have this, this discussion. I hope that it happens. You know, I hope that it happens. And I'm curious to see how that goes. Um, and then yeah. finally... Um, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, you know, are kind oh, of back in the news again. She's, you know, I think it's because her red table talk. She's always kind of making some kind of comment or statement and people kind of take off with it. So most yeah. recently, she kind of talked about, um, you know, her and her and Will were very young when they were married. She was married to him in 1997. They were mm. in their early 20s when they started dating. And she said, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you're not really talking much about your sex life. You just kind of 
you're young, you expect that your partner is going to know what you like and right. like almost like right. they're a mind reader. You know, if you love me, you should know what I like. You should be able to read my mind. And she's kind of like, I know as an older person, as an adult, that's not the right way to do it. So she it's says not, she's yeah. kind of grown out of that mindset. Like the adult version of her understands that your partner is not a mind reader. You should be able to communicate with them your needs, what you like, what you don't like, your fantasies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she says that, you know, she absolutely wants and encourages Will to tell her what she wants, tell her, you know, what feels good. But she's kind of like, and I know I should be accountable and do the same to get my needs met. But she said, I don't know, like somehow it's uncomfortable for me. She said, maybe because we've been together for so long and we didn't start out that way because mm -hmm. we're basically babies. She said, it's like a weird thing. She said, I don't talk much about my fantasies with him, what I like, maybe to some degree. I do expect that he'll know. And I know I need to be more vocal, but she said, it just feels funny and it feels uncomfortable. So I appreciated that because I feel mm -hmm. like we've talked about that on the podcast before, how sometimes as women, you know, we don't always talk about what we like and what feels right. good to us. And for so many right. different right. reasons, from how we're conditioned to be, whatever it is, you know, there's kind of a self-consciousness around, you know, telling your partner how to pleasure you and how to please you and, and, and being open and honest about something you don't like or I don't like it when you do it that way. Can you do it this way? So I, mm -hmm. I respected that she said that um, after she had the Red Table Talk and shared that blogs kind of went off with it took off with it and were like oh will and jada you know they don't talk about sex it's uncomfortable between them their sex yeah, life they is really suffering ran so with it. Like, they did it run with bad. it Don't yeah, so she came back and said, no, 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 y'all love to run with stuff. She said, our sex life has never been a problem. It's good. She said that I'm just saying that I would like to get to a point where I'm more comfortable expressing my, my sexual needs to him in an open way, the way that I encourage him to do. She said, it's not that mm -hmm. the sex life isn't good. It's just that I want to get more comfortable with using kind of my words, as we say to the kids, use your words yeah. to kind yeah. of express my needs. And I think that's a good lesson for all of us as women. Let's be open mm -hmm. about what we need what we like because it's because right. men damn sure don't hold back for the most part right, right. when they need right. want something so yeah i i like that she she was open about that that red table talk is something such a yeah such a good mean, i don't always watch I it mean, I, you know what she, that red table talk is, is, is about to get her more trouble <laughs> she really <laughs> does she really does like, but you know the estefans have one too right Gloria wait estefans who else has one gloria estefans do her they? daughter, her daughter, and and sister in law. What do they call uh, this? Red Table Talk, the Estevan. Oh, I didn't know it was like that's like a and basically and, franchise. Yeah, and it's it's produced. Yeah, it's a franchise at this point, honey. It's produced by Will and Jada too, and they they oh. have open. They have had some candid conversations on that one too, Does honey. Yeah, care like, about what the Estevans have to say? Like, I'm not being funny. I, that's why it, I, I mean, said who when you said it. I heard what you said. But I hadn't heard the name Gloria Estevan. No, like seriously, I haven't heard the name Gloria Estevan since like the nineties. Like well, I didn't know what she's know, doing things today. That's awesome. I mean, she's an icon, you know what I'm saying? But she is. you know, you know, I guess her it's daughter. like share someone having a red like people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you're uh, a hardcore fan. Because it was something for the Latino community, you know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. And last week's was really good because they talked about colorism in the Latino community. Mm. And Did it she was have guests good. and stuff like how Jada and them <laughs> Uh -huh. She had a Marla Negra on there. <coughs> oh, I love her. I would love yeah, to have heard uh, what she had to say. She had Karamo, who I, I didn't know he was uh, Afro-Latino. And she I had fine, she had fine-ass Laz Alonzo. Oh, Jesus. She had him on here, too. So, so her, um, her, she tends yeah. to have Latinx eyes. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. She I love that. Latina That's awesome. Died, um, 
focused um, issues, immigration, you know, stuff like that. So it's not mm-hmm. just about, but they, but they talk about a lot of Latino, Latin focused. That's so cool. Things, so I would yeah, love to hear J- JLo's take on things, but I don't know if JLo would do something like that. You know, she might be a little know. more than that. She had Ricky mm-hmm. Martin on there. So. Oh wow! Did she? Okay, yeah, yeah talking That's about cool. being gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he had to kind of suppress the hold that, like probably his publicist and them told him not to talk about it early on or something. Yeah, yeah, he talked that about story. that. Yeah, he talked all yeah. about that. So. Yeah, oh, it, was, wow, it, was, cool. it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Jada nice. girl, um, don't be. Oh, you got to put it all on the table. Red table. She puts everything. it all out on the table, honey, <laughs> in the table where her daughter and her mother sit. So she it, puts it, it all oh, out there. Oh, oh, Gabby be looking like bitch. Why you can do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness she is honest to a fault honey mortified like oh girl why are you talking about this like "Mm -hmm." i know y'all kids these days (laughs) i know i know Mm -mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm. oh lord all right you guys we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back with our interview with kathy douglas you gotta love her stay tuned guys uh welcome back um we are going to have an interview with Kathy Douglas. Um, Kathy is a former lawyer turned stay-at-home mom who began writing a romance uh, later on in life. But she writes awesome, sweet, lush romances about small-town living, which is very, very interesting because Kathy Douglas is from the south side of Chicago. Uh, we talk about her uh, latest romance, which is a mistletoe. Um, what is it called? A Kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo, which I finished, which was so, so sweet and so, so cute. Mm-hmm. So um, you all sit back and relax and enjoy this interview with Miss Kathy Douglas. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Romance and Color. I am here with the wonderful and lovely Kathy Douglas. Uh, we're here to talk about all of her books and her career as a romance writer with Harlequin. And so, Kathy, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm actually very, very happy to be here. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about your author origin story. How did you get started um, writing uh, romance? And how did you, when did you first fall in love with like romance novels? Okay, well, I, um, I'll ask him the, first que- the second question first. Sure. Um, I actually started reading romance um, when I was uh, maybe like early teens. Mm-hmm. My sister had, um, I, I grew up in a house with, we all read. My mother read, my father read. We had books around the house. And mm-hmm. for the longest time, I thought I was finding books. But actually, my parents were like leaving books out. And, you know, you see it on a table, you pick it up and you read it. Right. Um, when I was about, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, somewhere in that vicinity, I started reading um, and we, we could read whatever we wanted, you know, you know, but you generally picked up what was more age appropriate. But my mm-hmm. sister had some romances and I thought, oh, OK, and I would be like, can I borrow one of your books? You know, other people borrow other stuff. We would borrow books from each other. So she's <laughs> like, yeah, go ahead. So I went in there and I. And I read a romance. I was like, oh, this is kind of good, you know? <laughs> so, and so then I just started reading her romances. And like our family, we lived at the bookstore. We lived at the library. So I just did a lot of um, romance reading then. But then um, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. Um, I discovered like Stephen King. 
And then I started mm-hmm. reading horror books and I kind of like shunted romance to the side because now I'm mm-hmm. on it to scare myself half to death. <laughs> I don't know why that was cool, but it was cool for a while. And then, you know, I, I, you don't want to know the stupid stuff I was doing, looking under the bed and looking in the closet, scared to go to sleep. But I kept That's no typical. <laughs> why is that fun? I'm like, why was I, I doing that to myself? But I was doing it to myself. And then, you know, went to college, went to law school. And when I was in law school, uh, there was not a lot of time to really read. And because you, you're doing all your reading from school, but I missed it. Mm-hmm. So then another mm-hmm. sister had um, like Harlequin romances and the silhouette and the candlelight, all of those. And mm-hmm. so I borrowed, again, one of her books and I loved it. I was like, oh, this is so good. One, I'm not scared to death. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can actually sleep at night. But the other thing was they were short. So as, mm-hmm. as opposed to reading like a 400 page book, I could read, you know, 150, 200 page books. It mm-hmm. would be a great story. I would be all involved and it ended mm-hmm. happily. So I started reading romances again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then I got married, had kids, stopped reading, started reading again. Now, mm-hmm. as far as um, when I started writing, I, I, I always liked to kind of write, but I wasn't focused on, like, I never dreamed about being a writer. I dreamed mm-hmm. about being a lawyer. And mm-hmm. I mean, I made up my mind when I was like six, I was going to be a lawyer. And that was it. I didn't mm-hmm. really know what a lawyer did, but I was going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, once I had kids, I started, I stayed home. So mm-hmm. I, again, I started reading and I started, I just picked up romances. And I was mm. like, oh, I'm, it was like wonderful to read happy stories again. And again, I, I went to the shorter like Harlequins because, you know, mm-hmm. I had kids under two. So there's right. not really a lot of time. So you read mm-hmm. a page there and you could get involved. And again, everything ended happily. Mm-hmm. Well, after a while, my kids were in preschool and I said, well, you know what? Let me see if I can write a book. I just, mm. you know, sat down and, and I, I wrote some really awful Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and when I think about them, I'm like, oh my Lord, how did I ever think that was good? And But I did. And I wrote some romances and I started submitting them to Harlequin and, and they're, they're very polite. No, this isn't it. No, no, no. They rejected me. And then after a while, I um, got better. I took some classes um, mm-hmm. got some advice from different people and they offered me a contract and I've been writing with them since 2017. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. You know, what's so funny. You're like, you have got to be like the seventh lawyer on this podcast <laughs> who like went from law to like writing romance. I'm wondering what is it about? Like, I'm, and I've asked them like, what is it about romance that kind of, kind of, um, attracts lawyers? And I guess, you know, lawyers are, lawyers are, it's an escape from all the kind of drudgery of the job, I guess. (laughs) And and you know what? There are so many, I was surprised really when Mm -hmm. I found out just how many lawyers are romance writers. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about that field that makes us go, "Mm, I need some romance. (laughs) I need a nice (laughs) escape. But yeah, yeah. I, I was really surprised myself, but there is a lot of us. 
So you grew up, um, I think I read on your bio that you grew up in like Chicago, like the area, outside. right outside of Chicago. Um, no, south so, side. Southside south south of Chicago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't, I couldn't hear that part. Southside of Chicago. I was like, I know I had that right. <laughs> I was like, I know you said Chicago. <laughs> south side of Chicago. Southside Chicago. So what made Kathy Douglas from Southside of Chicago Right, all of these little sweet romances set in small towns. <laughs> small towns. That was like all these books are in small towns. So let's talk about the process and how you came up with like these sweet briar series, um, and kind of its inception. Because this was like a, a far cry from your own, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago. Well, it is and it isn't. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up. On this, in the south side but our little block and actually our little community was like a small town in a way mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. sense that you know everybody looked out for each other we all knew each other and you know who you know if you see somebody doing something that they're not supposed to do somebody's mama's gonna see them right right <laughs> right them. right you know so it was a it was a very close-knit community we had mm -hmm. you know black uh, black parties in the summertime, you know, put the horses up and we grill and people bring stuff. So it, in a way, it was a small town, even though mm -hmm. it was in Chicago, the whole big city. But when I wrote um, Sweetbriar, the one of the big reasons was um, people have to see each other. Mm -hmm. And so like, and I do like, my fa my first book was like an enemies to lover type of thing, although she didn't hate him, but he hated her. Right. Um, and if you said that in Chicago, he can go, you know, I never want to see you again. And she'd be like, I don't want to see you again either. And because <laughs> they don't work yeah. together, they don't live together. Right. You know, she's so big that they can be like, okay, cool. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. a story. But if you put it in a small town of fewer than 2,000 people, he can say, I never want to see you again. And she'd be like, I don't want to see you again either. And then boom, you walk into the restaurant, one of the two restaurants in town, who's there? Her, mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. go to the beach. You know what I mean? So I needed that. Um, I like that kind of forced proximity, even though it's not yeah. exactly forced proximity, but it's so small. So mm -hmm. even though you don't want to see each other, you keep running into each other, but they're all good. Didn't I just see mm -hmm. you? How come when I'm in the post office, you in the post office type of deal? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think like writing small town romance is like, does it allow more for like, how can I put this? Does it allow for like the tropes to like flow better? Because, um, you know, sometimes when you write, you read something that's set in like a big city, you know, sometimes it can be all over the place. But do you think it kind of makes the trope kind of like nail down the trope and like the setting kind of confines it to that space so there's not a lot of like room for error, so to speak? Yeah, for me it is. To me, it was easier uh, to mm -hmm. write a small town. Well, for two reasons. A fictional town, too, because mm -hmm. if, if you use a real place, at least when, when the book set in Chicago, I'm thinking, mm, that place don't exist no more. Or what are they talking about? That, that You know? I'm uh -huh. always looking, I'm starting to look for stuff. Mm -hmm. But when I do it, um, when you make up your own town, then you can't make a mistake because it's your town. But right. also for me, it is easier to write a book set in a small town because you have, the town can become a character. 
and mm-hmm. but you have more of the, the intimacy so it, you are able mm. to come up and do the different tropes where you can have the you know the friends to lovers and they've grown up around each other or the best friend sister even though you can right. do those other settings it just makes it easier for me when mm-hmm. everybody you see each other so much mm-hmm. and you get that sense of community so yeah yeah, and I yeah. love I love small town. I love reading mm-hmm. books that are small town. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think how many books do you have in that particular series? Is it like in Sweetbriar? Eight, there's nine, yeah, nine, nine books, nine books in that series. So, do you anticipate like having more, or like, are we done? <laughs> uh, sadly, I mean, I love Sweetbriar. I don't have any Sweetbriar books planned. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. I, I don't like to say never because mm-hmm. you, you shouldn't say never, but mm-hmm. there's nothing that I'm planning to do in Sweet Briar right now. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. And I love those people so much. They became like friends to me and real people. But now I'm on to, you know, a new town that I don't have a name for yet. But, <laughs> but they're coming and it should be, I'm thinking it's going to be set in Colorado. Colorado. Okay. So, you heard it here first. <laughs> uh uh-uh, uh. Yes, you heard it here first, y'all. There's a new one coming set in Colorado. I know nothing about Colorado. So I don't either. That's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be uh, interesting. So, you're, the fans of your books, I know like a lot of folks, and like when I recommend, I you're the first person that I recommend to people who are like, you know, I like books, I like romance books that don't have too much sex in them, that make me a little closed door. Um, and you're the first person I always am like, oh, you like that? Read Kathy Douglas. Like, she's oh, first thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And so what what was it about that? Because it's a choice to do that, to like, you know, maybe have closed door scenes versus open door scenes. What was it? What was the impetus for that for you? And was it like personal? Was it more professional? Would it go in more in line with the line that Harlequin wanted from you? Um, you know, what was the choice to kind of do that? Well, that just kind of fits my style. I mean, I mm-hmm. read Open Door, I, I, but I don't write it. And <laughs> and with Harlequin having the different lines, like if I yeah. was an Open Door person, that might still fit in Special Edition. But if mm-hmm. not, they have different lines, you know, that I could have written for, like, like Desire has some really great writers who write yeah. great books and I read. But it, mm-hmm. it's just not my style. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, it, it, the books, even when I first started writing them, and it just, that's just the way they came out. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, because I, I think about that because so many people that I hear, and I ask you this because one reason, um, so many people I hear that like, I want to be a romance writer, but I, I just don't like writing about the sex. And I try to tell them you don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like there, there are ways to show intimacy and love and caring and things like that without being explicit and having sex. And the books are still wonderful. You know what I mean? Uh, so I was like, you know, that's why I say I always, you know, look to you and like, oh, Kathy does it. She does it really, really well. If you want to like, you know, read somebody who, who does closed door and, and kind of, you know, 
I always say, you know, the after soap opera kind of love scene, <laughs> love scenes, you know what I mean? I say, I say she does it really, really well. So what would you tell like a romance writer or an aspiring romance writer who wants to write more on the sweet side versus the heat side of things? Like, you know, instead of, if they really want to stick to their guns, they really like not have people like try to change what they want to write. They should just go ahead and do it. I have, you mm-hmm. know, I, I've, tried for a long time to get published. I did a lot of submitting. And in mm-hmm. all of that, no one ever said to me, you know, you need to have sex scenes. No one mm-hmm. has ever said that. Even, you know, now I've published all these books. No one ever says, you know, you have to add a sex scene. No one has mm-hmm. ever pressured me to do that. So mm-hmm. if someone is saying that, you know, they feel that they have to add a sex scene in order to sell, that's not true. You, right. you don't have to. Just write right. what is true to you, and mm-hmm. you know it. It should work out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, with the, I want to go back to the Sweet Briar series. Okay. Your fans, the fans of that series, are very, very passionate. Because <laughs> I like, I ask people like what they like about. They like rattle off two and three books. So, what's <laughs> been your favorite of the series to write? And which characters kind of like, you're like, oh, that's my baby. That's my character. That's the, the one I love the most that I've done in this whole series of books. Okay. Um, my favorite book, I, I think I have two. And, you know, I, and I tell them when I'm writing them, you know, I love you all equally. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, but I really love winning Charlotte back because I love Charlotte so, so, mm. so much. Mm. And uh, Redemption on Rivers Ranch. I, I like mm. that one too, as I really mm. like Carson. Plus, I had done him so wrong before that I felt <laughs> better um, once I knew he was going to live happily ever after, which is mm. ridiculous. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I did feel so bad. But yes, yeah, mm-hmm. so Winning Charlotte Back and Redemption on Rivers Ranch are my two favorite. My favorite characters, um, I love Lex. Uh, he's just so fun and so cool and so smooth. I, I love him. Um, I love Joni because she's like everybody's like best friend. She's such a sweet person. And I love uh, Charlotte. Uh, I told you she is not a, mm-hmm. a typically she's she's a direct person and mm-hmm. she has a good heart, even though it doesn't always come out that way. <laughs> and and, and yeah. I like that she's a little bit brusque and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I she's just one of my favorite characters. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, and I, I, God, I'm going to probably be going down and listening. Oh, I love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's totally okay. So with planning, with writing Small Town, I know there's a lot of planning, a lot of like kind of world building and all this stuff how much do you do before you start writing and like you know with the cast of characters you have to build out and all that stuff like how much of the work is done before you sit down and start writing something like that Um, I mean it's it's so involved because you have to have this person know this person and that person and they all kind of interchange and stuff like how much of how much do you do like before you start writing Okay, so I'm going to let you in on a little bit of secret. And I don't know how I'm going to do for the next series, but for <laughs> prior, I didn't do anything. Oh, I no. sat down, and I know, right? And a smarter person 
could have, but I guess I'm just not that smart because oh, I started with, I just had a vision for the book of uh -huh. Carmen and Trent. Mm -hmm. And I knew the, the whole backstory. And so that's why I just jumped in where it was and I started writing mm -hmm. and I came up and then she had to go to the restaurant and that's where she met Joni who told her about the youth center. And mm -hmm. so, and, and in the first draft, actually Joni and Brandon, instead of being brother and sister, had been husband and wife. But then mm -hmm. I found myself liking Joni so much that's like, okay, well, she can't be his wife because I need to have her a romance at some point. So mm -hmm. then um, I switched it up to brother and sister. And then, you know, I did the whole add the mayor because I needed somebody to tell, to make Trent actually have to be involved in Carmen's life at the, mm. at the youth center. So mm. I'm like, okay, so now who's his boss? Because initially he was a sheriff, but that wouldn't work because he's elected. So then he became the chief of police so that mm. the mayor can make it. So it was like, not, I mean, right. it was like evolving as I wrote it. And then mm -hmm. um, gave, I knew that Carmen, I mean, Carmen Trent had two daughters. So that would be involved in the whole youth center thing. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't, at, like with each book, I kind of got more people. It kind of spread out, but I hadn't planned the whole town. And like after I submitted the book, um, while I was waiting to hear back, then I said, oh, let me do the, I, I just said, oh, okay, well, Brandon, who had never even been on a page, I said, oh, the chef, that would be an interesting story. So now I pulled Brandon out and then just brought in Arden from out of town and just kind of mm -hmm. threw them together. So it wasn't, I like to think that it was like some master plan, but it wasn't. <laughs> it just kind of so what, evolved. So what you're telling us is that Kathy Douglas does not plot books. She just like <laughs> sits down and pants all these wonderful books. I, I did. I am a pantser. And <laughs> I did play in the whole town. I did, and, and, and part of the problems that came up later, like in some of the books, Mm -hmm. was stuff that I had like thrown out like a throwaway sentence like mm -hmm. in the first book Carmen refers to um she's trying to explain the whole thing to Trent about her father and how controlling he was mm -hmm. and how he had picked Charlotte's husband for her um decided he, she was going to marry Rick and, and but then I said and if Rick hadn't left her at the altar they would be married Mm -hmm. Well, now I decide, because I wasn't thinking about Charlotte, because she was not like a very <laughs> nice person. But right. then I decided, hey, let me write Charlotte's book. Well, guess mm -hmm. what? Now I'm stuck with that backstory of her being left at the altar. Because <laughs> I said that in the book. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, then I did that to myself a couple of times when I wasn't even planning on writing that person's book. But then when that person starts saying, you know, I, I want a story, I want a book, find me a man, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. now I'm like, well, shoot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, what I, then I had to go back and see everything that I ever said about that person. And right. now I box myself in a hole, wow. but I, I yeah. you know, so yeah, probably but next you time. I hopefully we'll do more planning, but mm -hmm. you never know. Well, I shouldn't say, I should put it this way. I never know apart from like the first books, mm -hmm. like on the contract and that kind of, I don't know who's getting the story. 
<laughs> so I, I don't. Yeah. And so the next thing you know, it's like, oh yeah, I mentioned you one time four books ago. Wow. wow. Now you want a story. Wow. Well, that that reminds me. Um, if you need to take that, you can. Oh no, I lift it. It's not for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All um, right. Um, but so you've written for Harlequin Special Edition. You have like even written in the Forever Yours line with the, with the dogs and cats. And stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, that was and, that was fun. And then you and now you have the Montana Mavericks, and each line is is so different. Like like, let's talk about like the the fur one for example. Like how in the world like it, it, it well, obviously the requirement is you have to have pets in it. Um, so I mean, how do you incorporate a love story and pets? and stuff and have it be like endearing are you a pet person for first of all um yeah I'm a dog person mm-hmm. I, I and let me just say that I don't want to offend any people who like <laughs> any other like that because they still read my books and I want them to continue but yeah I, I am a dog person I grew mm-hmm. up with dogs we had dogs growing up and mm-hmm. we have a dog now so yeah I, I like mm-hmm. dogs okay <laughs> And then we were talking about off air, but we were talking about the Montana Mavericks. So you, this this book that's coming out is going to be like I think your second book for this line. So mm-hmm. what can you kind of talk about that and talk about how Harlequin, when you write for different lines, like the continuity and how you have to like make sure that like you know because it's a it's a, it's a slew of authors writing for a line, so you have to make sure that everything lines up. Can you kind of explain that to people and how it's just not everybody just writing their own independent book? Well, it is, yeah, oh, but, sure. but you know what that. But yeah, but you, some, you yeah. know what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So first of all, they are still Harlequin special editions, but they mm-hmm. are um, um, they have the the uh, Montana Mavericks have been around like for years. Young and, time, yeah. Yeah, they've been around a long time, and mm-hmm. so what happens is is um. It's six different authors who are all also special edition authors. And mm-hmm. they give us, um, they ask you, do you want to write this book? And we say, sure. And so they send you um, a series Bible, which is tons and tons and tons of pages. And wow. it'll explain like, like when you do the Montana Mavericks mm-hmm. or um, it'll tell you, okay, here's like the history of the Montana Mavericks. And it'll tell you like all the different series who've come before and who the people are and to kind of catch you up because there's so many of them over like, I don't know how many, 10 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, There's so many. So Mm -hmm. then, and then they'll say, okay, well, here we are. We're in this new town now. And here are the people. And, you know, this one's related to this one from like a previous series or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, well, here's, and then they tell you, okay, here is what is the big, like overarching thing. Like in, um, when I did uh, uh, the Montana, what is it? The Mavericks baby arrangement. They're like, okay, well, here's all the people. And here's the overarching story. It was like, whatever happened to Beatrix? That was like what every every romance is like every there's six romances, but there's like this overarching theme. So then they tell you, okay, here's the overarching theme. Here is what your book is about. And they send all of you. So you see everybody's books. 
and they say, okay, here's what the first book is about. And then they'll say, and here's the part of like the overarching theme that happens in this book. Like maybe somebody discovers, oh, like here's a quote in the Bible, uh, in the um, the book and what does this mean? And then the next people are like, there's a search to try to find out. Mm-hmm. And then in another book, you find out that who you thought it was, it was just somebody pretending. So you, you have your mm-hmm. story. And you have your outline, and then you have mm-hmm. the part that you have to put in there about um, to make it this. Um, mm-hmm. So when you get to the end of the book, the sixth book, it's like, oh, okay. But also, right. you have to have a standalone romance. Like, they'll tell you, okay, here's your people. Here's kind of what the story is about. And then you write the story. And then... Um, there's um what and it all have the same editor and there's also like a continuity editor who will be like okay mm-hmm. well in book two, you know this happened but you, you need to make sure that it's consistent in all the books and your mm-hmm. two people do have to have like their romance so that because overall it's still a romance so even if people mm-hmm. say you know what i only want to read like four of the books they would still get four complete romances and mm-hmm. you know or if someone says, yeah, I want to wait until I have all six books and read them all at once, then mm-hmm. they can sit down and do that. But they'll still get six individual stories, but they'll also mm-hmm. get like the whole like mystery or whatever it was that's going on behind it. Oh, wow. So do, do you anticipate having books, other more books in this series? And if so, will that person have to like then read your books to kind of like so basically, if, if there is more books in the series, that person is going to have to read your book, too, to kind of like fill in other blanks and whatever they're going to do with their romance. Well, basically. not really, because you can I mean, when you finish, like. When we did like the one. Um, oh, I can talk about either one, but mm-hmm. um, the one like in the Montana Mavericks. What it was, was um, a woman from, I want to say she was from Rust. I can't think of the name of the town now. And she left and she moved to Bronco, Bronco Heights, Mm -hmm. Bronco Valley. Mm -hmm. And so she was trying to find, she heard that somebody had been forced to give away a baby. And now she wants to find the baby. So Mm -hmm. that's how it became whatever happened to Beatrice. Well, you Mm -hmm. can read her story. Like she's the first book. Somebody, then she and her um, husband were the guy she ends up with. And then the second book, and, you know, that couple has their story, and it's just strictly their romance. But there's still, like, a a part of it that still has to do with the overarching whatever happened to that baby. Mm -hmm. Mm Because it's, like, still searching to see whatever happened to that baby. But you don't have to read all six books in order to understand the romance between the two, because like my mm-hmm. couple were, um, theirs was a marriage of convenience. So mm-hmm. the whole story was their marriage of convenience. But then there's parts where, you know, the heroine talks to someone, a friend of hers who's still trying to find out what happened to the baby. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. there'll be those scenes in there, but mm-hmm. still at the end of the day, my couple gets there happily ever after and if you right. do be like the next I think mine was book five I could be wrong mm-hmm. but um then when you get to the end if you read all of the books then you get to see the search for the baby and you know now she's mm. a grown-up old woman but mm. yeah I hope that's clear 
Oh no no, it's totally clear. It's totally I okay. totally get it. But see, all that did was just make me want to just buy. <laughs> Yeah, because I was like, no way. I said, there's no way I could just read one and be, like not know what the world happened to yeah. the book. You know what I'm saying? Before, like, uh-huh. all I'm gonna do is read because, like, because so let's talk about um, Kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo that's coming out in the 26th. All this book made me do was go want to go back and I was like, well, who is Brittany and why she got a why she married now? And I was like, that's her so <laughs> Now I'm like, what happened? So now I gotta go back and get the cow, get uh the Maverick's baby arrangement. So mm-hmm. now I gotta go back and get that so I can read <laughs> what happened to Brittany and how why she ended up with this man. And then you mentioned like some other uh, brothers and somebody's getting married in this one. I was like, wait a minute now. I said, hold up. I said, I need I need something. I need more. <laughs> so <laughs> this book, but this book is for Christmas. So mm-hmm. and I love, I love, love, love holiday themed um books um but what i particularly loved about the kiss and mistletoe rodeo was you know it, it talks about black cowboys basically and i love i have a weakness for black cowboys but i yeah. love absolutely love the fact that he's a you know a bronc rider and stuff like that mm-hmm. and we don't we you know and you, you you delve into a little bit of the history of you know the bill pickett rodeo and stuff like that that maybe people weren't really aware of and I like the fact that you kind of intertwine their history and, and going from past to present with um, Jeff as a as a Bronco rider. Um, so I thought that was good. I, was, I, I just I was like, oh, so it's like a little history lesson and, and about you know Bronco rides. Are, are the brothers gonna get a book? That's Actually, my yeah. Well, right now um, I am writing his brother Jack's book. Yes. Yeah. I'm writing- <laughs> So Jack yes. is getting a book. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. And you know what's so funny is because I I, I, I I do love all of them. But, you know, when you because now it's like, OK, when they asked me, did I want to write Jack's book? I was like, yeah. And I was like, but what about Ethan? I want to tell you, you know what I mean? I start thinking of all the mm-hmm. all the siblings. I'm, you know, I'm like, I want to be the one to write the story. And it's like, yeah, so mm. I'm doing Jack now. And mm. Um, yeah, I'm gonna turn it in. I don't let me think. I think it comes out next August. Mm, okay. I think that's when okay. his book comes out. It's August. Okay. But yeah. Um yeah, I'm okay. working on his book right now. Even as Okay, we well that's another that's another exclusive then. So Jack, yeah, yeah, you heard it here. <laughs> well I'm you get all of the tea. <laughs> you getting it all first. What I also love is like how much research did you have to do about like Montana and be quite frank, black people? Because I ain't never heard of black people in Montana, so <laughs> I just want to know how much research you had to do about any black communities or any black people in Montana. Were you just kind of, you know, just using your imagination and just kind of free, free will and like whatever? Well, when I was given, because this was a uh, um, part of a Bible that was given to me, so it was already. Mm-hmm. That. But I did go and I was like, I got on the internet. I was like, well, how many, what percentage of black people living in Montana? <laughs> I did. I, I promise you, I did. And I was like, oh, I think it came up to like 2%. And I was like, oh, okay, well, hmm. What's <laughs> like, not what so yeah. I'm like, okay, so basically it's my family. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
So I just went on and, and, you know, you, you just gotta, so I, I felt confident in the sense that it was some people there and I decided mm-hmm. that they all just live in Bronco. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I, I did. Yeah. I, I, and that's one of the things like when I'm choosing like a state, like, like when I did North Carolina, I'm like, okay, it's a lot of black people there. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Oh yeah. 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 Plenty. And, yeah. So I'm like, okay, we're good there. And so then when I was thinking of Colorado, I was like, yeah, there's some black people in Colorado. And, I, and you know, so I feel good. But, you know, I do want to have, not that I feel like I should limit myself um, or where we can live, especially in a mm-hmm. fictional place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why can't I make mm-hmm. myself back down? Mm-hmm. And so- but, but I think that's good, though, because it, it has people thinking like, you know, and, and make people be aware, you know, it's black people all over this country. Yes. And we live in, in small towns, big towns. Sometimes it's just, you know, a, a family or two, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. but but we're every we're, we are everywhere we're that there. we could possibly live, right? We're there. So it just made me think like what would a what would a, a town that's so small in Montana look like with like black people? But I got a sense of it. Like, you know, I got a sense of it with Stephanie and her family and her sister and Stephanie's, you know, you put in little hints there and they said Stephanie was Greek, Stephanie was fashionable, Stephanie was, you know, a nurse and, you know, she was very beautiful, you know, and her sisters were really close. So I had this like idea of, you know, what being Black in that small town could look like. And so I was like, okay, well, Kathy really does paint a good picture of, you know, what a kind of rural Montana life. <clears throat> excuse me would look like so I was like oh, okay I was like maybe I'll visit Montana one day <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll visit Montana one day I was like I'm not going alone but I'll visit Montana one day I'll visit Montana one day so what so what um uh, is it about this kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo like what, are you like love do you love holiday mo- like books and movies and like was well, just like what makes this book like so special, you know, as far as part of the like Montana Mavericks series? Um, I love Christmas mm, and I love Christmas too. movies, I love Christmas <laughs> books, um, I love the whole decorations. I am like the Christmas queen. I, mm. I, I I truly love it. And you know, um I'm waiting to have my music on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a wait a little bit, you know, I try to wait mm-hmm. till, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, give mm-hmm. Thanksgiving and then like the day after I'm not going out to the mall or nothing like that, that, that I've never been, <laughs> I'm not that one, but mm-hmm. I'll, you know, get the tree up and then I feel like, okay, but now it's Christmas time. So now I can, you know, play the music and decorate the tree. Mm-hmm. Now I can make the cookies. So I do, I love all of that. I, and mm-hmm. I love writing Christmas stories because this is my second one. And, and right, I, right. I, 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 oh, I, those just make me happy. And mm. I'm right now myself, I'm like getting all the Christmas books, you know, as mm. they come out. I'm like, ooh, got my Christmas stack, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do uh, on the podcast, we do a Christmas like list, like a holiday list. And this is definitely going on there for sure. Well, for thank sure. you. Cause, cause I was like, oh, this is good. This is so nice and sweet. I, this is, this is, uh, for anybody listening, Kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo. It's a quick read. It's only about two hundred fifty pages, what two hundred eighty pages. 
And it, I mean, you can just read this at one sitting, like by the fireplace drinking cocoa. Like this is that type of book for me, you know, especially because I mean, there's cocoa drinking in the <laughs> but, but yeah, this is the type of book, like it's such a warm, fuzzy book, you know, like, you know, just to give the, not to give the premise away, but we have a Bronco rider, Jeff, who gets injured before his big, you know, ride or whatever. And then Stephanie is a nurse at the hospital um, who's there to take, kind of take care of him. Um, but he's like spitting head over heels, like love at first sight with her. And she's kind of like, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know. But he kind of kind of wins her over. And then like a kind of controversy happens. Not really a controversy, but a little bit of a blip um, happens. And I don't want to give it away because I don't want, I want people to read it. But, um, you know, of course, they, they get back together. I mean, it has, I mean, that's not a spoiler. It's a happy, it's a happy ending. Um, but, you know, was there any, did you have, like, any, like, how can I put this? How much research did you do on, like, Bronco riding and, and stuff like that? Because I know you talked, I, like I mentioned, you had about, um, you know, Bill's Picket Rodeo and stuff like that. Was that something you were familiar with or something that you were interested in? before you start like writing this book? I'm only like a little bit uh, familiar with rodeos. Now I, okay. I, um, I'm a huge sports person. Let me, and you know, other people watch other stuff. I like to watch sports. And there was a, a while ago when they used to have like the PBR, yeah, professional mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Girl, I was I was in love with Valderon Oliveira. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted him to win so bad, but he didn't. But um, and when he got hurt, <laughs> I was like, oh my lord. So I used to watch that like every Sunday night. I would be watching the the um the the bull riders, and so mm-hmm. that's when I really started uh getting into it and watching and trying mm-hmm. to learn or talk about um the scoring system and and mm-hmm. just the whole thing but that was separate because it seemed like there's like was two tracks and they weren't really yeah. part of rodeo but um mm-hmm. so that's not really got interested in it and then I was like well I had heard about Bill Pickett before and mm-hmm. I had wanted to see the rodeo and it was one of my plans like I'm gonna go see the Bill Pickett you know but then mm-hmm. COVID. But I did see it on TV right. when it came on um, CBS. So that was good. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, had that, to, yeah. I wish I could go in person. That's my mm-hmm. my thing. I, I want to. And then um, the PBR comes to Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go like one year, but it was it comes in wintertime. I'm like, oh, no, I'm trying to know. Girl, it's cold. Ooh, Chicago winter? No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to make myself go outside in the wintertime. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, no. So <laughs> I had to just stick with the TV and wish I was there. Right. But um, right, then right. I girl, I want to go. But um, I, I, so then I started like reading up uh, to just kind of know about bronc riding and mm-hmm. um, different events in the rodeo and you mm-hmm. know how it works and the timing to try and make it like go be mm-hmm. able to work on tv and mm-hmm. be good in the arena type of thing so i just mm-hmm. do some research um but i didn't get to like do do any in person like i didn't get to go to a rodeo or anything like that Mm-hmm. Which is something I do want to do. I mean, you could have fooled me because when I was reading, I was like, she must have gone to some rodeos or something. Because 
she really, really, <laughs> she really, really did her research. But girl, you know, I do really and truly want to, I want to go and like be there in person, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. everything shut down. So I, I hope, I hope we get, I hope you're able to like go and see some soon. Cause like this book is like, like, like I said, it's, it's perfect. Like you, like you really did your research and, and like, I was so convinced that I was like, Kathy must really go to rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy wants to go to the rodeo. Oh, thank you. But I, I do want to go. I, I want to, I want to see it in person. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're coming to the last part of our answer, our interview where I give you like rapid fire questions and you just give me the first thing that pops okay. on the top of your head. So do you like writing heroes or villains? Nobody's really a villain. Well, there was kind of a villain in the book, but I don't want to spoil that. But <laughs> do, you, um, do you like I writing like heroes or villains? Heroes. I like to do the heroes. Okay. What was your favorite book as a kid? Um, depending, I guess I'll go with my first book that I can remember reading with chapters, which was... Um, Frederick Douglass, Freedom Fighter. Frederick Douglass is my hero, just so you know. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a heavy book. No, 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 no. No, it's a, it's a kid book. It's, um, it's a kid it's book. Like green, it's, it's, I can still picture it. It's like a green book, and it's got like mm-hmm. maybe eight chapters and got pictures on it. But it was oh. one for kids. It, it, not Life and Time of Frederick Douglass, which I also own. Right. right. But then right. there are other books. Um, too many to name, but especially since you just asked for one. <laughs> <laughs> one is fine. One is fine. Um, your favorite place to write? Um, I liked it uh, either in my office, um, but if it's not working in there, then I bring a laptop onto my bed. Okay. Okay. Um, do you read your reviews or don't read your reviews? I read them. Really? <laughs> it's just words. I mean, it's not, you know what I mean? I, I read them. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I can't, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I'll be able to do it. If my, if, if and when my book gets out, I don't think I can do it. Um, what's some are good, some are bad, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, how do you, how do you cope with like bad ones, bad reviews? I just go, oh, okay. They know what you, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> It's like I guess that wasn't your cup of tea. Moving on. <laughs> well, you know, when I think about it, um I've read books that I didn't love. It generally mm-hmm. have stopped. I mean, if they're really bad, I stopped reading them. But you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Everything isn't for everybody because then somebody That's else true. Would, like love it. But I mean, my feelings don't hurt. I'm like, okay. And yeah, I just move that's on. True. That's true. Um, what is the last romance novel that you read? I think because I'm going to go with um, The Never List by Dion White. I think that's the last one mm-hmm. I read. Yeah. Oh, that book is so I read good. that. That's very good. Yeah, Girl, I, I love that book so much. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's so funny because when I read a book that I really love, girl, I, I can read it again and mm-hmm. again. So I think that's yeah. the last one I read again. Yes, that's good. Do you use, do you listen to music while you write? And if so, what do you listen to? Yes, I do. And um, I listen most mostly to um, smooth jazz. I mm-hmm. listen to, I was listening to um, Accu Radio 
Mm -hmm. They have like a smooth jazz. um, They have Mm -hmm. a whole lot. And basically, we used to have a smooth jazz station here in Chicago, but we don't anymore. But the guy Mm -hmm. who was like the program director actually did all of the AccuRadio smooth jazz stations or Mm -hmm. a great deal of them. So when I listened to that, it was like very familiar because it was like, hey, these are Rick O'Dell songs. Well, then Mm -hmm. um, I I made a playlist of like my songs and mm. like the smooth jazz songs that I like and it's got, mm. oh my God, like 150 or 60 songs on it so mm. I'll start some anywhere on it because there's so many and I remember mm. one day God, I was listening and I was like man they're playing all the songs I like and then it occurred to me you're listening to your playlist <laughs> right 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 <laughs> songs you like you put this together so I'll either listen to my playlist and I do that generally for like the first draft because I'm just writing. But then on mm-hmm. a second draft or the third draft, when I go back and I'm revising it, sometimes I have a playlist already in mind. And so mm-hmm. I will listen to that when mm-hmm. I'm um, listening. Cause it's like, or I have a song that is like fit for this book. And I just listen over and over and over while I'm mm-hmm. writing. Like when I did um, How to Steal the Lawman's Heart, mm-hmm. uh, Photograph by Ringo Starr. Because to mm. me, that's where Trent was. All he mm. had left of his wife was was pictures. Right. So whenever I would be doing Trent, I would play that over and over first because I love the song. But second, because that was always, no matter what he was doing or who he was talking to, it was always like in the back of his mind. That back his wife mind. yeah. And that yeah. All, that's wow. all he had of her. And um, so I'll put a playlist together. Sometimes I listen to the playlist. Um, mm. Sometimes I listen to Smooth Jazz. Mm, okay cool um if someone was like new to romance what author like old and new would you recommend for them to like kind of start with well it depends on what they want um what they're looking Mm. for like if Mm -hmm. they like historicals and um I would give them like obviously Beverly Jenkins because I love her Mm -hmm. right but if, if they wanted more like um uh like family type of things or mm. with like heat there's always like uh Brenda Jackson and her Westmoreland's mm-hmm. or like Reese mm-hmm. Ryan or right. um, so those and if there were if they liked so it depends on what they want when they're looking mm-hmm. for it if they mm-hmm. want um like the whole I don't want to call them king, the nobility or whatever I used to mm-hmm. read a lot of um, Brenda Joyce. Um, mm-hmm. She had those type of things. So I guess it would depend on what they wanted. Um, okay. And then go from there. Okay. Um, do you like movies? And if so, was there ever a best book to movie translation that you've seen? Because people are very subjective about that. Okay. Well, I am one of those I don't want to say I'm a book snob, but I don't think I have, and, and maybe I have, and it's just not coming to mind, but I can't think of any book that's ever been made into a movie that I liked. Mm. And you know what I mean? And, or I'd be like, especially if I've read the book, I mean, if I haven't read right. it, like, I I can't think of <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Because as soon as, yeah. I, as soon as this ends, I'm gonna be like, yeah, yeah, that was good. Remember, you read that and you liked the movie. But right now, 
nothing is coming to mind. Like I remember, like remember how much I told you I used to love Stephen King, and I yeah. read The Shining. Scare book. Boy, they messed that book up so bad when they made that movie. <laughs> I was like, what the? This ain't even a book. The movie though. Everybody loves The Shining movie. Are you talking? Well, is it because only one I know is the one with Jack Nicholson? Yeah, everybody oh, loves that movie. Have you read the book? <laughs> Because I read the book and then I saw the movie. I was like, but that's not what the book was about. So, <laughs> I, I I don't think, and, and, and I deliberately, like if I've read the book, I don't go see the movie generally uh, because I know I'll be disappointed. Well, I expect, yeah. I mean, I might not, but yeah. yeah. I guess that's a long way to end. I guess a long way to end, no. Thin, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Speaking of movies, though, when are we going to get some Kathy Douglas movies? Girl, well, you know, from your lips to God's ears. Because these things are perfect. We need to be seeing them on Hallmark and, and GAC Family and Ion and all the other, you know, channels that I'm thinking of. Out the up TV, out the corner, out the top of my head. We need, we need some. So if somebody's listening to this, please call Kathy and and, and her agent and 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 get her some movie deals. Because these books are perfect for for their audience. They they're not offensive to anybody. They're just per they're perfect, perfect, perfect. But anyway, that's my let, let me let me second that. Please call me. <laughs> Please call me. I want to see. I want to see. First of all, I want to see them employ more black actors. And yeah. secondly, I want to see more black sweet romance authors get their books made for tv and for that particular market because it's so lucrative so i don't want i don't want black um folks missing out on um on stuff you know we, we know we, we know that there's a market for that because hey i'm talking about it i talk about it every week on the podcast so um there, there's definitely a market about that so speaking of which if one of your books became a movie i know you say you don't like books to move but it's your book right <laughs> let me make that an exception it's your book <laughs> Who would you All my like books are available for movies. Okay, yes. like um, uh, well, I had when I do the um, we have what is called an art fact sheet, and so then we like mm -hmm. choose people who we think would look like the characters for mm -hmm. when they make the books, mm -hmm. and so um, and everybody was not an actor or an actress, so like mm -hmm. when I did um. Charlotte, I chose Misty Copeland because mm. she, just, she was athletic, and that was when Misty was doing those Under Armour commercials, and I was like, yeah, she oh, gets yeah. and abs. So, um, but if I was to use like actors or actresses, when I did, when I when I was creating, um, when I did Ross, I chose um, what's that chick's name? Oh Lord, her name was Andrea something. Anyway, um, <laughs> Lord, you know, and it's so funny because I totally picture her. She used to be on um, NCIS LA, and mm -hmm. she was she was Harley, and she had the short hair, and she was beautiful. But they killed her character off. But I didn't like her character. Oh, Lord. Um, <laughs> what was her name? Okay, see, I'll just go with who I know. I had chosen Lex was going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I might modeled him on um Idris Elba because mm -hmm. he just seemed very smooth to me mm -hmm. um so he would be Lex and let's see 
who else had I chosen? For Joni, I had used, um, oh, I went way back. And I chose um, Jane Kennedy because she was the ultimate beautiful to me. But she would yeah. not be in that age group now. So anyway, mm -hmm. I don't know whoever whoever's out there in the age group that they wanted. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, those are good choices. I know, I mean, I know who Jane Kennedy is, so. Girl, uh, are, you do or do not? I you do. do. Oh, I absolutely okay. do. I'm I'm 43, so I know who I know. Who oh, okay, then you remember, you remember she was on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was. She she was. She used to do the sports and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Uh huh. She used to do wild world of sports or whatever. Where it was like she's one of the first um um football women football yep. uh, mm -hmm. anchors and stuff like that. So yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely remember um, Jane Kennedy. Yeah. Um, so what does literary success look like to you? Like when it's all said and done, what does the success look like to you? Well, writing books that touch people, mm. you know, I, that makes me feel good. And of course, hitting the New York Times bestseller list wouldn't hurt either, you know, <laughs> that, but that's something that I can't control, you know, because I don't mm -hmm. really know how that works. But um, writing good books that touch people is mm -hmm. success. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I want to go all crazy, yeah, having my, my books made into movies would be nice, too, or <laughs> TV, short TV series. But mm -hmm. um, just having people, after they've read my book, going, you know what? I feel really good. I feel happy. You know, mm -hmm. having, having people enjoy what they read. Your books definitely make people feel happy. Because at the end of Kiss and Mrs. Sorority, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I, just, I just felt so good, you know at the end of it so I, I they definitely 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 make people so so happy so my last question sure. um where do you see romance going in the next decade or what do you what are your um hopes for romance in the next decade or so i hope um more people who are um not i don't want to say I guess more marginalized people who are not given opportunity or the recognition that um, our books would be accorded the same respect as other books that we wouldn't mm -hmm. be uh, kind of like, oh, well, we tried to sell a black book and it didn't work. So, you know, mm -hmm. no more black people. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I want to see more diverse. I hope I hope in the future. It, it becomes more diverse and people are more successful. And mm -hmm. I also hope that romance as a whole would be respected. You know, people always, even though romance is like huge and sells like the majority of books, people kind of look down on romance. Mm -hmm. And I would like that to stop. Hopefully it will. But more mm -hmm. importantly, I want people who read romance to also feel proud and happy and bold about saying, yeah, I read romance. It makes me feel good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel happy when I read your books and I feel, I'm going to tell everybody all about Kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo well, and for you. them to pick it up next week. Um, so thank you so much, Kathy, for coming on to the podcast. You are so sweet and kind and I really, really appreciate it and I want everybody to check out your books. They are available everywhere. And where can people find you on the internet, on Twitter, on Facebook, wherever? Oh, okay, well, I'm on Facebook as Kathy Douglas. 
author mm -hmm. or just Kathy Douglas. You can, because I have a page and a, a profile, but you can come to either one. I'm <laughs> on, you know, you know what I mean? I'm not putting anything mm -hmm. on there that people can't see. Um, on Instagram, I'm at Kathy Douglas 9152. Mm -hmm. I'm on Twitter at Kathy Douglas 7. Mm -hmm. And I'm at BookBub at Kathy Douglas. And I think that's everything. Oh, and if you want, my website is kathydouglasbooks.com. Mm -hmm. And you ha I have links to everything on there, as well as, you know, my books with a little summary and a link to an excerpt if people want to read that. And awesome. that's it. guys i hope you all enjoyed that interview with kathy douglas you can again you can find all of her social media info at her website which is kathy douglas d-o-u-g-l-a-s-s books.com so you all pick up kathy's sweet and wholesome and romantic books everywhere that you get your um books if you love harlequin and cute romances yes so, mm -hmm. yes so um, this week, reading romance, of course, is to go and pick up a kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo, uh, which is part of the Montana Mavericks series, that which is Kathy Douglas's Christmas offering this year. So it's a wonderful book. If you love sweet romances, it's about well, we we you heard about it on the podcast, but um, the interview. But if you like black cowboys, this is the book for you. So and I love me some cowboys. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So, in watching romance, let's talk about it. Insecure premiered last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good Lord, have mercy. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. Like, I I was a little bit underwhelmed by yeah. the premiere, but it's okay because I know that sometimes that first episode, you know, mm -hmm. usually gets progressively better. Maybe mm -hmm. I just it, it ended on such an exciting cliffhanging way. I know that you're not a fan mm -hmm. of the whole baby trope and all that, but I, I really was kind of curious to get into that to see where that played out mm -hmm. to figure out kind of where things stand with her and Molly. We got a little bit of that, but it just yeah. was. A little bit slow. I did like the premise. I guess we won't spoil too much in case people haven't seen it. Shame on you if you haven't seen it. But I did like the idea of kind of going to a reunion. That was cool. But there were just some things that I didn't enjoy. Like the idea that Kelly somehow they didn't really explain. But should I just go ahead and say it? As yeah, people I mean, should have watched it by now. It's a recap. It's a recap. Okay. So yeah, at this, it, it was just a little bizarre. So basically, Kelly, you know, is her name Kelly? People somehow yeah. thought she had was deceased. So. Yeah. You know, this was like a college reunion. They all went to school together. So in like the festivities program, whatever schedule for the weekend, it's announcing that Kelly's passed away so you know one of the whole things is that kelly is not liking how people are honoring her memory she feels it's like superficial or silly not how she wants to be remembered and it's yeah. weird people don't recognize her some do that was bizarre mm -hmm. and then they got I held think, up I by think, their friend oh go I ahead they, i think they did that because of so much criticism about kelly's character because and um, that's how they decided to give her more <laughs> substance so so yeah like like we want her to have a, lo a romance and love. I want and, to have and a real romance and love girl. and stuff and not be the funny fat girl, right? Yeah. Because cause she made that comment. She was like, you you guys think I'm a joke. You know yes, you I did pick I'm up on joke. that and I appreciate it. And so that. I, think, I think that's where the kind of the seriousness came in. Because you could tell by her face and, and, and her sh the strain on her 
like okay they really do just think i'm a joke like nobody nobody even that had, was their way nobody even kind of had any, right right because like some of the things they had about her was like her stanky leg and then it had something about like she really knew her way around like what like what are those things yeah. you remember about somebody that's my know? legacy mm-hmm. yeah that's her legacy you know what i mean so it was it was you know it was it was kind of like commentary on being you know so maybe you know, that was memorable. their way of handling yeah. that. Kind of, we know yeah. that we it haven't given poor, her, it was her a character poor way of handling it, though. But you know, so then this know. is good. It gives them a chance to do things a little differently with her character. Maybe we'll see it be developed a little bit differently. You know, oh I God. like that but, she had a serious talk with Molly about kind of how she, how things were awkward between her and Tiffany at one point. Because uh, I like when she's not playful when she's actually serious. Right, right, right. And right, she was right. kind of like, yeah, things were strained at one point. And we had to figure it out, and it was, and it felt fake until it felt real again. Right, and that's right. Real. I'm glad they addressed that because that it is real. Felt awkward between Issa and and Molly, mm-hmm, even when it supposedly mm-hmm. got comfortable, it still felt awkward. So maybe, yeah, yeah. you know, maybe with time, they were forcing um, it. But I would let me say something though. As an HBCU grad, that reunion was dry. It was hella dry. <laughs> it was yeah, hella dry. What the heck? I don't know how they do it at PWIs, yo, but. That joint was dry. I was like, it's, was it supposed to be an HBCU? Their school? No, they were at Stanford, girl. Oh, okay, okay. So they were at Stanford. They had this very, you know, posh, quote unquote, you know, West Coast. So I guess IV. it wasn't gonna be like, you know, no, a it wasn't gonna be Howard. and a football team <laughs> and dancers. It's not gonna be that. Yeah, it was. It was an alumni weekend. Um, but even you know, I've been to alumni weekends. They ain't dry like that. But yeah. that joint was dry. Um, and you know, we got some, some hints at, uh, them having, you know, friends and their kind of their college life and what they were like and Issa's awkwardness about where she is career wise and not sure. I, I you know, enjoyed this. Oh yeah. Was. That, that yeah. was awkward on the stage. That interview. Yeah. I thought the, she meant the oh, mirror interaction. Weird. I love that. I always like yeah, when the, she does a mirror interaction. With yeah. The, the mirror was super thing. cute. Her looking at her, her cute stuff. Are we still with the so-and-so? Girl, yeah, that was that was probably my favorite scene. But we'd already <laughs> seen that funny. in the in the um upcoming attractions. But I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But on the stage, good. I just felt like the way she answered the questions, like, "Did you prepare, girl? Like, come on." I know I it was know. so weird. And then her girls gave her credit for keeping it real, but I didn't yeah. think it was appropriate the way she answered, especially that. I don't know. <sighs> I yeah, don't know. I'm just looking and... forward to it going. <laughs> this is progressing. And then, of, of course, the the controversy that's come out of this with. Yeah. Um, so Amanda Seals plays Tiffany, whose character and Molly's character are both supposed to be AKAs from Stanford. Um, you know, in the first season or so, they mentioned that they're AKA and Molly has like an AKA mug kind of sitting on her desk, stuff like that. Yeah, which Um, I hadn't noticed, but people pointed that out. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, she's wearing, you know, pink and green a lot and all this stuff, right? Um, and so the issue really wasn't. And I think people are conflating the issue and not uh-huh. getting getting to the point of and so here's my here's my opinion on it, okay? Nikita okay. and I are both both Greeks. We neither one of us are AKAs, but we are both vested in this because we're both in PhD Greeks, okay? So it could have happened to either one of our organizations. Yes. Quite yes. So, you know, the issue is not with Amanda Seals. Amanda Seals is an actress. You know what I mean? She's doing her job, yeah. she's getting her paycheck. The issue. I think people initially, their emotions were getting the best of them. So maybe they directed mm-hmm, it at her. But I mm-hmm. think it became clear later and people backed up off her because you're right. She's, the, she's right, an actress. Right. She's an actress. Okay. So, so go ahead. The, mm-hmm. the issue really is about Black people 
not black people who work and are in black spaces who feel that they have access to all things that are black if mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying and that's not true you just because you're black explain it a little more because i understand yeah, okay. now and i want to make sure because, people yes because just because you're black and you work in black spaces or you deal with black issues there are certain things that you may not be privy to even as a black person you know what i'm saying that you don't I like for example i know nothing about you know the structure of the church of god in christ which is very very black okay okay nothing about the church of god in christ but if i sat up here and tried to make something about the church of god in christ using whatever they they use blah 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 and i get it all wrong and i use their their this and their that and i didn't get permission to use it then that's on me and that's my that's my fault for not using Mm -hmm. that um the issue isn't because molly is an aka they could have said molly's an aka she could have paraded around in pink i mean Molly or Amanda Seals or Tiffany's character mm-hmm. um, paraded around in, in pink and green and things like that. The issue arose when she had on a sweater with a shield on it, which is a trademarked yeah. copywritten yeah. thing. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. You know, and I think particularly non-Greeks aren't understanding that. And it's, it has nothing to do with elitism. It has nothing to do mm-hmm. with the, it's about protecting protecting a brand. And And even some Greeks, because I know I initially was confused as well by why people were tripping. And I was kind of like, well, they were, they depicted them in a positive light. What's the big deal? And I think it took me reading kind of some of the threads to understand what you're saying. This is Mm -hmm. kind of more respecting the brand, getting permission to use it, paying whatever fees are associated with it. Out of respect that this is one of our NPHC, you know, Greek letter organizations, Mm -hmm. the first one. And let's respect them for what they are. They're a business. And and if you want to use their logo or shield or whatever it is in a positive way, you know, you consult with, you know, the organization and you get permission and there's probably going to be some fees attached to it and mm-hmm. then use it in a positive way. So mm-hmm. I think I and and I think non-Greeks probably didn't understand. But even myself, I was confused being maybe because I assumed that permission had been granted. That's and Issa kind of Most made a flippant comment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the, the research basically had dug up that. It didn't seem that they did. They kind of just mm-hmm. used it and thought it was okay. And I think yeah. you make such a great point that this is about us kind of, ha- we have to have respect for, you know, the fact that people have to, you have to pay for things. Just because we're mm-hmm. all black doesn't mean you could just use whatever you want to use, you mm-hmm. know? Just because something is a part in, of black culture doesn't give you access to it freely. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I love Motown. But I just can't be sampling Motown without paying them. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Oh, well, we all and, black. I grew up on this music. Um, I use it positively. Exactly. Exactly. I'm keeping Smokey's name alive, introducing him to young people. That's see, all well and good. See, see, that's very analogous, you know what I'm saying, to the situation. Because yeah. if it was you know, some white thing, they would have paid for it and not played games with let's it. Let's talk and, like, about Let's talk about They would never use about, something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the big white thing in the episode, Stanford. They went to Stanford to film. Stanford doesn't allow people to film on their campus, but they went and got permission okay. from Stanford to film on their campus. Now, see, so like, why didn't a, they get permission exactly. from Alpha Kappa Alpha? That's exactly. not okay. That's not okay. And if you have, and I'm surprised that out of all the people yeah. who consulted on this episode, that not one person came. Because maybe 
I wouldn't have thought of that, or maybe I would have, but you, you have so many heads there together. I'm surprised not one person was kind of like, do we need to speak and get permission? You know, there's actually something going on at the same time. This is such a different comparison, but I don't know if you're familiar with this whole Freaknik party that was thrown. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, I, I heard about it. Yeah. And basically I forgot who it was. It wasn't Boosie, but it was one of these other young rappers. And they basically threw a Freaknik themed party and they didn't get permission of Freaknik because as you know, Freaknik of Freaknik course was one of the original black festivals. Mm-hmm. Right. It was created in the eighties. It was really popular in the nineties. Then it went away for a long time for various different reasons. Mm-hmm. But like two or three years ago, a group of, you know, positive black grads decided to acquire yeah. the trademark of Freaknik to kind of make it kind of something, bring it back in a positive way, still make it grown and sexy, mm-hmm. but kind of make it like a not nonprofit, but giving something back to the community, there's a, there's making a it a free festival. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of people, of course, still in especially down south, they use the Freaknik name for their party and things like that. And so even though they bought the, the trademark, they're kind of like, we understand that people will use it, but we just really want to kind of keep it something that's free for the community and, you know, mm-hmm. we don't want to charge people mm-hmm. and all that. So if you're going to use it, can you just get permission and talk to us? And we'll probably agree because we can't sue and stop everybody from using it. But it was like, mm-hmm. I forgot whoever this celebrity rapper was or whatever. He used it and it was like a big thing and he charged people. And then when Freak Nick approached him and was kind of like, can we resolve this amicably, you know, just to shout us out or something? He mm-hmm. kind of thumbed his nose at them. So again, this is once again, black people feeling like See, we don't need to pay our own. And show the respect. Just pay these people, you know. Or they were like, we don't even want money. Just acknowledge that. Yeah, you're not the official freak neck. Make it, you know. So we got to do better in terms of respect. AKA might have not wanted money. They just wanted, you know... To use to us to them to have something on file saying absolutely, absolutely, and, you know, at the Freak very Nick, least, they should have yeah, been yeah. And Freak Nick is somebody who you know, I'm saying, is from Atlanta and, and know the origin of Freak Nick and how it grew out of the AUC and everything like yes. that, you know what I'm saying, and how it's been kind of transformed now. These brothers really are trying to do something positive with it, yeah, and you know, and and again, something organically black, something yes. that's of black culture. But people have such a flipping flip attitude and feeling yes. like, oh, well, it's black. I can use it too. See what I'm saying? It, it don't yeah. work like that. <laughs> That's right. Like that. That's right. Why you y'all tripping? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it definitely took me some time to, you know, appreciate and understand. And then once I got it, I was like, absolutely. Because mm-hmm. my initial knee-jerk reaction, and it might have been like Issa and the producers, because they kind of clapped back a little bit like, oh, okay, yeah, so they're quiet. y'all don't like it, we'll just <laughs> cut out the other episodes, you know, where we used it, since y'all don't want it. Oh, y'all wanted, see, this is why we never made it an hour show when y'all been asking. So I think that they were in their feelings initially, mm-hmm. and I get it. And I think they that they're going to do the right thing. <laughs> Because huh? they, they know they're wrong. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But they, but it's okay to acknowledge that you're wrong and be like, you know what? We're going to do better next time. You know, yeah. we have so much respect for you all and we should have done it this way. And that's how you know. Uh, yeah. They're thing, human. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And a similar thing happened with this opera that's being performed up in New York with Shut Up in My Bones. Okay. Um, Fire in My Bones, whatever it's called. But the guy who uh, wrote the play and everything is a Kappa. And so at one point he has this huge scene in the or in the play where everybody's mm-hmm. wearing Kappa Alpha Psi sweaters. Okay. Big Kappa big Kappa Alpha Psi, you know what I'm saying, logo up on the stage and everything. Mm-hmm. And people people who were Greek were like, Whoa, did Kappa approve this? 
Right. And the guys, the guys are Kappa, Kappa, Kappa's grand, you know, whatever um, organization or whatever said, um, we didn't approve this. Wow. We didn't approve yeah. it. However, like, he, quick, he, quick, he quickly resolved it. Okay. He, he, he had the colors. Did I say he had the colors? He took the, he took the lettering off, had the colors and things like that. Because with a play and an opera, that's going to be reproduced. Yeah. Somebody's going to reproduce that. So you mean to right. tell me you're going to allow people to put cap outside letters everywhere and open the West End in London that's where they right. have no knowledge of mm-hmm. understanding of what that mm-hmm. is? Mm-hmm. No. You know what I'm saying? So Exactly. Again, we have to, you know what I'm saying, if we again, if we're going to be in proximity to Blackness, using things, being in Black spaces, yeah. still have to have reverence and respect for Black things. Yeah, give us our due. still get permission and give people they do. In, in as you would any other stuff. ethnicity or race. Or as race. you would anything. If it was Ford, Clorox. That's right. Phoenix, whomever, it's an it's a entity that's that's trademarked or whatever you would do the same thing right product placement you still would do that's it Mm -hmm. exactly anywho um, thank you for summarizing that sure sure so i also want to talk about 20s on bt y'all if y'all not watching 20s on bt i don't know what the hell y'all doing is it about kids in their 20s i think the top the title was so off-putting but it's so good about kids in their 20s Yes, but they're like in their. Is it relatable? Almost insecure is. I'm not gonna lie. Insecure. They're mostly in their 30s, or maybe they started in their 20s. I don't know. And it's completely relatable. Is this one? Yeah, but the 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 people are like in their late 20s, basically. Okay, because that's going into their 30s. So it's so it's it's a lot of relevant stuff in there. It's a queer positive cast. Okay. Um, it's it's the girl that plays Condola is in it. She plays on. Oh, she's in it. Uh huh, playing sort of a similar role. Oh <laughs> I know, lord! I hope, I hope this poor woman is not typecast. Didn't get typecast. A well, similar she might role, be. but um, <laughs> but it's so it's so good. You have got to watch the first season and watch the second season. What? How many it's seasons so is it good. in? It's only two seasons, and we're only halfway. We are, okay, we're not even halfway. Because if I, you told me it was more than that, I feel overwhelmed. Like oh, no, no, no. You can catch, catch up on it on the weekend because it's only thirty minute shows, so you can catch. Okay. You can literally catch up on the whole first and this second season it's only two episodes in the second mm-hmm. season but it's about a girl named Hattie who moves to Los Angeles with her girlfriends as in friends with girls Hattie is a kind of mask presenting queer girl and it's loosely based on Lena Waif's life okay um as she because she's the producer okay and about her going out to Hollywood and being a screenwriter and working for this woman named quote-unquote Ida B which is sort of like Ava DuVernay right okay um but in the, uh, I'm not even gonna get no spoilers, but oh my god, it's so damn good. I can't even like I just be waiting every week for twenty. It's like, oh, it's girl, good like that. Germ. It's good. What? It's good. Now, and look, I don't, I don't hype up stuff like that. Y'all know me. <laughs> I don't hype up. I don't hype up a lot of stuff. But if I tell you right. the show is good, like I said, BT has been coming with some BT Plus. It's worth your nine ninety nine because they've been coming with some good stuff. Okay. So this this is a really really good show and. It makes you think. It makes you think about all the things that you did in your twenties and how, you know, you could have, you know, operated better and your identity and moving through life and trying to. Find yeah, because my twenties was boring. I was in grad school and stuff, and it was like <laughs> I kind of wasted it. was a mess. I should have. Yeah, I was looking for oh, my Lord, husband. I don't focus on that. I really didn't have fun. I was like focused. Yeah. I was. I was in grad school part of the time in my twenties. And then I started working, and then I got in a relationship, got married, got yeah. divorced, all that in yeah. my twenties. 
And I feel yep. like I waste I wasted so much time. But um yeah, yeah. I, I, it 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 shows me how the twenties is such a small part of your life and yeah. the real li- the real living happens after that. Yes. Um yes. so it's it's so good. Like I, I mean, I can relate to so many of the characters on there. Mm-hmm. Um, even Hattie, even though she's a little crazy and, and kind of like, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of kind of messy, just a mess as a person. But yeah. her friends, you know, are are very interesting, and and it's it's a, such a good show. Like it's so nuanced. It's like little. Well, stuff it sounds very interesting and intriguing. Honestly, so maybe I will. It is, it is so good. I'm so y'all, y'all I really could have written it off, but based on the title alone, I have written it off. So, yes, yes, yes. That sounds real cool. And what am yeah. I talking about? I like watching um All American. That's about high school students. The high school, like, <laughs> that's, that's that's so good. It really captures you, you know. So yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, gonna be yeah. an ageist. I'm gonna give it a try. Yeah, I, I try not to be ageist either because I yeah. also watch another show on BBC, which is called Bigger on BBC mm-hmm. Plus. Which uh, that show is Chef Kiss. It's so dang good. <laughs> I BBC. Listen, y'all did it. Y'all did really that coming through with the come through. They, they really are, and I, I mean, I enjoyed these shows. That mm-hmm. one, First Wives Club, also good on there. <laughs> like I, I can go on and on about the BBC Plus shows, but they, they are good. I can't believe I'm hyping it up like that, but they are really, really good. <laughs> it must be good. <laughs> yeah. was having just some trash stuff for a, while, a long time. <laughs> right. They went through you know a rough period. It went through a yeah. real rough patch, and now, now <laughs> they coming with. <laughs> <laughs> with the stuff we need. Oh, so gosh. thank you, BC. They we appreciate to the streets it. and they're giving us what we need. Yeah, they, 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 you know what it is? You know what it is, <laughs> kid. I'll be very honest. They tapped into the right demographic. Yeah. Because they're tapping into young, young Gen Zers. They're tapping yes. into millennials. They're tapping into the quote unquote zennials, which is us. That's it. So yeah. they're tapping into the Gen Xers. So they got a mm. show for every demographic on there. You know, for yeah, your grandma I like, like Tyler Perry, they got that. You know what I'm saying? Me, Does like, that show I, the Oval yeah. come on BT or BT Plus? One of those. It, it, it's on BT, but I don't watch that. I don't watch. Oh, okay, I, I was wondering how that I don't, was. I don't. I don't watch most Tyler Perry things. So, okay. I, but, but you know, I just, <laughs> right. I just, yeah, I watch. Mm-hmm. I watch um a few things, but okay, whew, it's good. But those shows are so good. But anyway, oh, cool. also this week, you guys don't forget Hallmark is coming with the Christmas movies. And this weekend is Christmas in Harmony. Luke Jake's fine behind. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, girl, girl, why did you say that? Because now oh my I am having. Oh, he is so fine. He is he so fine. fine. Oh my gosh, it, it, girl, I don't know how yeah. I'm gonna be watching this movie. But anyway, <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. Hallmark, y'all getting better with these leads? Because yeah, James, how y'all pull this? But mm-hmm. um, it's about a girl, Ashley Murray, who actually plays on Riverdale. She plays Josie on Riverdale. Um, she is going back home to direct the church choir for Christmas. Such a cute and little she, trope. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and she and she runs into an old flame, old mm-hmm. boyfriend, or whatever, played by Luke James. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's very much about the black church and yep. stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so it's going to be very, very good, very, very sweet. And of course, it's gonna be some singing because Luke James is singing. So oh, I didn't Ashley know Murray sings. sings okay. Oh, I can't oh, wait. You're kidding I did not. You know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I... Let's, let's roll the tape, Warren. What do you mean you don't know Luke James? <laughs> wait, is he a singer yeah, first a singer or an actor? First. Oh, was he a singer first? first? No, because he's been in roles lately. I forgot. Oh 
my oh my god <laughs> so he, wait a minute so we know him first as a singer yes luke james Lord, he can't have mercy what is wrong with me okay album and okay. then he just had a grammy nominated r&b album but uh, he's been in some so movies good. hasn't he Oh, or yeah, am I just thinking of him stuff. as a singing career? No, no, no. you're right. He's been in stuff. He was on Star. He was on these other shows. Okay. Um, but right. Now I'm has, remembering. He's, he's totally a singer first. That's where his totally name is familiar singer. to me in that sense. Okay. He sang a song called I Want You. I should play it. But um, I Want You, which is so good. Um, mm-hmm. And he has, this, he has this whole like R&B album, which is so good. So good. Um, okay. Um, I, can't, I can't think of the name of the album right now, but it's just if you go on Spotify, you see his latest album. Is that's it? Okay. Um, but it's like a pure R, pure one hundred percent R and B album. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's so sexy. It's like a sexy, sexy album. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a song called I think it's called Slow or something like that. Oh okay, God, it's so good. But yeah, Luke James. So y'all enjoy that for this uh, weekend and but we're gonna have more you know holiday movies coming up more interviews with authors yeah so it's gonna be amazing but for one last thing for our listening romance i want to shout out another podcast it is the smart women read romance podcast and so this kind of takes as slightly academic slightly uh humorous approach to um reading and listening to audiobooks and romance so um shout out to them it's a really good podcast um i forgot the name of the two girls who host it but it's really good and i really enjoy it are you listening to anything this week any music or anything like that um no child not not particularly <laughs> just <yeah. laughs> no, i can't say that i am yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what we listen to. Yes. Yeah, but Luke James, he, he sings "I Want You." But I think I'm gonna check out Luke James' album though, because then I'm sure I'll be like, "Oh yes, please. they play this all the time." Yes. Please, he. Oh my God, that that. What is the name of that album? Oh, it's called "To Feel Love." Uh, that's to feel love. to feel love. Okay. Yes, to feel love, and it's it is amazing. Okay. Well, I can't wait, and I'm so glad that he'll probably be singing and stuff. I love when an actor has the opportunity to merge both, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's gonna be so. Oh, he also has a live version of 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 some of those songs too. If you want to listen to that, sometimes the live version isn't as good, but it depends. But he can sing good live though. Does he? Yeah. So you, I don't think you'll be disappointed. So anyway, you guys, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Enjoyed our interview with Kathy Douglas. Um, Check us out everywhere that you get your podcast, obviously. Mm -hmm. And we are on Instagram at Romance in Color with you. We are on Twitter at Romance and then the letter N in Color with a U. And again, we do have our Facebook group that we don't post enough in, but... (laughs) It usually gets popping closer to the holidays. So. Yeah, it gets popping closer to the holidays. Yeah. So our romance in Color uh, Facebook group, which is actually open to the public. So if you find us there, you're welcome to join. So Have a safe holiday, Halloween weekend if you celebrate that with your family. And yes, take candy. care of yourselves. Mask up. <laughs>